This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And once again, sitting right beside my buddy here in the garden, well, in the <laughs> studio, but I pretend it's a garden. It could be. <laughs> Frank Proctor, be the nice. we should do, chef of the garden. We should do this show from the garden. Well, that's a good thought. I think that, that's a really good Let's thought. Talk Maybe to... not today. It's a little oh. cool today. Yes, you know it is. <laughs> but as soon as it gets a little warmer, I think that'd be great. All the little birds chirping in the background. <laughs> Oh, there we are. We got you. We don't need birds. My my cardinal, yes. Anyway, uh, here we are, and it's a beautiful Saturday morning. Blue sky. But it is is chilly. Mm. It is something about, I don't know, about two. Yeah, two degrees. Really? I think, Ooh, all righty. I wonder if it's freezing my tush off walking from a little restaurant across the way there with my (laughs) banana for breakfast. Anyway, uh, yeah, let me give you the phone numbers to reach Charlie and ask your question, Okay. Here we go. In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Our little mantra, of course, uh, call early, call often, one question per call. And, um, oh yeah, if, if uh, you're a first-time caller, let uh, our beloved Sebastian know. Beloved. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, he's a nice guy. Yes. Uh, and you'll get the your wings. There you go. The garden wings. Yeah. You, everyone is awarded the first time that they call. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll have to give, uh, I know uh, I know something about uh, a little piece of paper you're writing on right now. Sebastian has passed along a question you're going to deal with at Later. some point in the show. At some point, yes. At some, and we'll uh, offer up the bell for that, too. Now, True. announcements. True. Yeah, I was going to say announcements, as is my want. Oh, it is your want. <laughs> yes. Want, want, want. <laughs> <clears throat> Update from last week. Yes. As you may recall, I was heading off to Canada Blooms last That's Sunday right. to defend my golden oh. shovel, or call it what you will, <laughs> compost bucket. <laughs> who, yeah. who, who had the best compost? Okay, so what it was, competition called Stump the Gardener. Uh-huh. A couple of years ago, I won hands down right. in reach for the treetops. And that was up against Paul Zammett, Dennis Flanagan, and Ed Lawrence. Okay. Last Sunday was Dennis Flanagan, Paul Zammett, Ken Beatty, and myself uh, under the auspices of Stump the Gardener. Well, I whooped their butts again. Hey, again. Again. I am am a defending champ. Just keep, can't lose. I tell you, though, (laughs) whatever. And and you're so modest. I I love it. Doesn't modesty doesn't run in your family? It gallops. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I yeah. uh, just so you know, I won a one hundred dollar prize, which I donated to the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Oh, very good. All right, and remember, I talked about the premiere, the Garden Wisdom television show mm-hmm. on WNED yes. or PBS. Um, so, if you missed that premiere, remember 
today at 9.30 in the morning, you can catch the show again. But that's a bit tricky to be listening to the radio show yeah. and the TV show uh, yeah. at the same time. So if that's more than anybody wants to handle, then next Saturday at 4.30 p.m., you can catch the TV show. So, oh, yeah, that's And good. it won't interfere with the radio. There you Listen, go. Listen, right? All right. All right, more announcements tomorrow. <laughs> you, you're, you're looking at me like I'm really kind of, uh, you know. The space cadet. <laughs> oh, I thought it was more like I was blowing my horn so much there. You were well, just kind of, all right then. There's that too. Okay, thanks. Uh, tomorrow. The Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society is hosting their first meeting of the 2016 season at 2 p.m. They meet at the Royal Botanical Gardens at their center, which is located at or on 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. Room number three is where they meet, and Marsha Geta will talk about contemporary rose gardening. Her focus will be mostly on new, disease-resistant, repeat-blooming roses, and some of them uh, some of their glorious fragrances. Roses offer color, form, and healthy foliage even late in the fall. That's true. Roses are highly underrated. The, some of the new roses are so beautiful. They start to bloom in late spring, and they bloom nonstop until really hard mm-hmm. frost. And is the aroma factor uh, uh, well, some better are, than it used to be? Or, I mean, No, are some are more fragrant than yeah. others. And is it better? Remember, when you're selecting plants for certain characteristics... Uh, and one of the characteristics that the newer roses have been selected for is hardiness. Okay. Uh, the other is long blooming period. It might be color, uh, et cetera, et cetera, disease resistance. Fragrance hasn't been high, high on that list. Oh, really? So the fragrance has tended to be lost because these other characteristics were considered more important. Okay. Uh, yeah. But that's not to say that some of the really great new roses ha- don't have fragrance as well. It's, you know, very, spe- yeah. very cultivar specific. All righty. All right, just so you know. <clears throat> and I love roses. I really do. Okay. Uh, also going on on April the 2nd. Is that next Saturday already? Hey, you know what? Uh, no, uh, it's no. two Saturdays. Two Saturdays. Okay, because next Saturday we're into the Easter weekend. So uh, in two Saturdays, Scarborough CD Saturday and Green Fair. Uh, this is quite a good event. It's from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Blessed Cardinal Newman High School, which is 100 Brimley Road South, just south of Kingston Road. It's an annual seed exchange, heirloom seed vendors, mm-hmm. gardening booths and advice, environmental organizations, green living ideas, and great workshops on growing and living sustainably. Over 40 exhibitors and many workshops. And this is at the high school, and it is supported and put together to a great extent by the high school students and should definitely be supported. For more information, Saturday at gmail.com. Very good. Okay, you know what? Uh, We've got to push along, but wait a minute. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, we're back in the studio here. Well, we never left, actually. <laughs> we, we listened to all those wonderful words, too. Um, here we are with a whole bunch of callers. Uh, we got a jammed uh, jam phone line here. Josephine. Spring is in the air. Yes. Tomorrow. And, uh, Tomorrow, spring starts. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. What's going on get, this i got to get the exact timing down for later. Mm. Uh, Josephine in Pickering, welcome to the show. Good, good morning. morning, Frank and Charlie. Morning. How are you this morning? Great. That's good. I phoned a couple of weeks ago in regards to my plants and pots. Mm. The one thing I forgot to ask you was I have 15 rose bushes mm-hmm. that are in pots. Now, 
when is the best time to turn around and put them into the ground as well as the fertilizer for them. So, Because you had the construction thing going on. Everything was in pots for the winter. I'm almost dreading starting that work, but that's beside the point. Yeah, it's a bit, probably still a bit early because the ground is still too soggy. No, it's too hard out there. Yeah, and not to mention maybe frozen. Yes, that's right. With the roses, you're going to want to get them in the ground as soon as the ground is workable. Right. And that will be when it's obviously thawed and it's not too soggy so that it's just moist but not, not you know, we do that soil test where we grab some soil, make a fist with a clump of soil in your fist, open your hand, and if it stays, the soil stays in a round ball in your hand, it's still too wet to work. Right. So it's and the fertilizer crumble. for it? Oh, when you're planting those roses, when you're planting any of these plants, no fertilizer. All you're going to do is make sure that the soil has been amended with Good organic material like compost, From my compost. exactly, and uh, composted manure. And with, with every plant you plant, particularly the roses, you're going to throw in one to two handfuls of bone meal into the planting hole. Okay, bone that's meal. it. No fertilizer till next year. Okay, I think that was the last time I called you. It was the, the blood meal. Nope, bone meal. Uh, it was bone meal. Yep. I'll, I'll get my figure straight somehow. Yeah, yeah. Bone meal. Remember, bone is bone meal comes from the abattoirs, right? And it's crushed up bones, right? Which is phosphorus, which okay, is all about roots. Roses, bananas. Oh yeah, bananas. Next year, not this year. Not this year. But you're right about the bananas. They are kind of a magical little trick with roses. You want to know something? That's my main fertilizer. Uh, every morning, you eat a banana and you drop the peel at the ma- base of the roses. Each one takes a turn because I have 15 uh, rose bushes. Right, so every 15 days they get a peel. Wow, that's pretty I good. only hope they survive. Well, it's so funny. I just I remember going to the home of a person back when I worked at White Rose. She had a hybrid tea rose that I think was close to 20 feet tall in full bloom, 20 feet tall, yeah. and she gave it a banana peel every day. That's right. Wow, how about that? <laughs> okay, well, listen, now I know it's early, but you have a, both of you have a very happy Easter. Thank well, you thank very, you very much. much. Okay, then. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bye-bye. Josephine. Well, that was nice. Yeah. yeah so, like, like, Easter next weekend, yep. Earth Hour tonight, mm-hmm. and spring tomorrow. That's right. We'll talk more about Earth Hour in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, 8.30 is what to keep in mind. 8.30 p.m. You got it, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, hey, Judy and Scarborough, welcome to the show. Yes, uh, good morning. Morning. Yeah, it's regarding an orchid plant I have. Mm-hmm. I have several orchids, and mm-hmm. they're all doing really well. Good. But this one particular one, um, it looks healthy. It's got 11 blooms on it and a bud coming out. Sounds but great. the uh, bottom leaf, and I've lost two now, they uh, turn brown at the end, and it eventually kind of turns black at, huh. right at the outer edges. And I've cut them off because I didn't want to infect the rest of the plant. Uh, I don't know what's causing it or what I can do to treat that. You know what? Not what's causing it, <clears throat> excuse me, is the normal growth of the plant. Oh. If, assuming that it's a moth orchid or a phalaenopsis orchid, they grow from the center. The growing tip is in the center at the top of the plant. And so uh, leaves will, over, you know, But every year or every six months, you'll get two more leaves. And as new leaves grow at the top, old leaves die at the bottom. It's perfectly normal. Oh, 
I've never locked yeah. like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so normally uh, a Phalaenopsis orchid will have a approximately six minimum leaves at any one time. Mm-hmm. And it's a super happy orchid in, a, in perfect conditions. You can, have as, you can have more than that. You can have maybe 10, even 11 green leaves, but you'll never have more than that. The, oh. the lower ones always are the, mature, the most mature ones, and they always eventually turn yellow and die. Oh, I was reading some books on it, and it sounded like maybe it was fungal or something, so I kept it kind of isolated. Oh, no, it it should be fine. Okay. Okay. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us, Judy, here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. And Charlie and I shall return in moments after these words. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. On a beautiful Saturday morning, Frank Proctor here, the sous chef at the garden, saying to Donna in North York, hi and welcome to the show. Hello, good morning. Morning. Hi, um, I'm calling about Rose of Sharon mm-hmm. bushes. I have two. One is extremely bushy and large. It's about 12 feet tall. Oh, yeah. I don't know, about 5 feet wide. Oof, yeah. And the other one um, is more of a condensed version. <laughs> it's, you know, 4 or 5 feet tall and, and maybe 2 feet wide. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my husband has normally been looking after them, and unfortunately he's passed away, so now... I have to do something with them because they're getting out of, yeah. out of hand. Yep. Um, when do you start to um, actually uh, trim them? In the spring. So your timing is brilliant. Uh, you will be doing some, some trimming or should be doing some trimming. Uh, I, you know what? Even a day like today, you could trim them. It's nice yeah, and because clear. Because the weather's been, you know, it gets awfully warm, and then you think, oh, my God, you know, is it too late? Well, with Rose of Sharon, because it's a late-blooming plant, meaning late in the season, it blooms late, late summer, early fall, <clears throat> the blooms form on this year's growth. So oh. you cut it back in the spring, mm-hmm. new growth grows all summer, and that's where your flower buds will be in the late summer. Okay. Um, how big do you want those plants to be? Like, is there, do you want them to be the same size or? No, the, no. the, the really big ones, I'd like, to, well, I'd like them both to trim down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could take up to a third off of each of those plants if you wish to, both in height and width. With, oh. with the really one that's very full, you said the, the bigger one, mm-hmm. look to the inside where you've probably got an awful lot of growth where branches are rubbing together and growth to the inside where it's all getting a tangled mess. Okay. That very much needs to be removed because air and sun must penetrate the shrub in order for it to be healthy, healthy and happy and you know, grow lots of flowers. Mm-hmm. And is there something to do with the with the various branches growing into the center? Exactly. You, yep. And, you want to cut those out. Okay, cut those out, mm-hmm. and, and so yeah, so that the air would uh, would go through. That's it. right. So and grow, you, and you can just at the top, you can just cut them where you need to cut them. That's right. Okay. But cut, and if you look, you'll see little bumps on the stem. There's nothing green yet, uh-huh. but you'll see little bumps. So when you cut down, cut to a bump that faces to the outside of the shrub. Oh, okay. So that when the, the growth starts, it will grow to the out. Okay, great. Okay. Good. Well, thank you very, very much. Oh, thanks for thank calling. Thank you, Donna. And as we wave bye-bye to Donna, we, uh, that opens another line here at 416-360-0740 or anywhere where in the province, pardon me, is uh, 
1-800-242-4740. And Beverly in Fort Erie, welcome to the show. Good morning. What a beautiful morning. Isn't Thank it? you for taking my call. Good morning. Good morning. I'm calling about rhubarb. Yeah. I've been 60 years on the farm here, and there's always been a rhubarb patch everywhere, and it's been fantastic. Nice. And we do have a lot of the red rhubarb, too, as oh. well as the other. Yeah. But last summer, the whole patch was infested by something. I never found the something. Hmm. But little marks, the holes on the stalk, when the jelly stuff, clear jelly, sticky stuff would... Hmm. Be on each hole along you on the stem. The stalk, you'd get your hand into that goop. Ew! And uh, one stalk, I counted, there were seventeen of these little marks. And then after I, I didn't pick them, it would turn black. That white, clear, sticky fluid on the stalk. I went around here to our garden centers. Nobody's ever heard of anything attacking rhubarb. I so know. No, I don't know either. So you know what? Uh, so sticky. And there was no obvious uh, aphids on no, that. No, nothing you could ever see. And now the it went through the whole patch, wow. right from one end to the other last year. So the, I tried to call last year, but I could never get on. Uh, so the the blade or the leaf was, looked fine. There was no holes there, but it was the stems, the edible portion. Yep, that, the that, edible portion would get these little holes with this clear, thick jelly stuff would ooze out of it. Yeah, so sometimes like I've never heard of it. I know I went to a lady that just does insects, and she never knew any Mm. insects that attacked rhubarb, so I don't know what I have. Well, that's the thing. So I'm just wondering, you're going to leave this with me, but there's no question. There are insects, though, again, do they attack rhubarb, uh, (laughs) which will have little mouth parts that leave holes Mm -hmm. behind, Mm -hmm. so they move on, and sap oozes out of the holes they've left. makes this thick. Yeah. yeah, so that could be it. Or, but like you said, if you went to cut to cut the rhubarb, w- was there still, were the the, bl- the stems firm or were they just m- yeah. very soft? Oh, they were firm. Oh, I okay. let it go right to the fall and then they all went, it was so bad that they just all went gooey and soft yeah. and Ooh. the stems would go. But early in the spring, I would pull it and then I'd take the knife and cut each hole out and use the rest of the stock. Yeah. I don't know if I was supposed to do that. No. <laughs> and and were you, you could see the holes in the in the oh, stem. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I've never seen any. Oh, so really chewed. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. If wow. Like a ground Fort Erie that... A groundhog or something. Like... <laughs> Groundhogs are stealing things to make rhubarb pie. Uh, That's exactly. what it is. Yeah. Or something. Some yeah. some little animal out there went got a real taste for rhubarb <laughs> and yeah. settled into your patch. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so you know what? They're just tiny little things though. They're only as big as in your baby finger, hardly. All right, so like yeah. maybe a size it of a... It wasn't a chew mark of a, yeah. rancor, uh, uh, you know, an animal. A mammal. So maybe like the size of a, a the pencil, the racer on a pencil? Yeah, that tiny little thing like that. Yeah, hmm. so, you know, you didn't need a magnifying glass to see the yep. hole. You could see the holes yeah, well, without... Yeah, you could see it. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Yep. All anyway. right, leave it with me. I'm going to have to report Dobbins. back. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thanks for your call, though. That's a great one. Dobbins Detective uh, I Services. I love underway. a puzzle. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Now, that is unusual, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Hey, talk about unusual. When this came up on the uh, monitor here, the Sebastian lets us know who's on the line, etc., I saw this Ron in Portugal on <laughs> vacation, but he... I think lives in Prince Edward County. Oh, good for but lucky he's, him. He's on the line right and now. And he's th- in Portugal. Yeah, through Skype. Is I that- love this guy. Hey, Ron. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. How are you? Hey, very well. Good thank morning, you. Ron. How's Portugal? 
Oh, about 19 degrees. Oh. Uh, kind of breeze off the sea. Oh, I hate you. I mean, I love you and I hate you all at the same time. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Charlie, so- I have a... Charlie, I have a black cedar hedge mm-hmm. about 80 feet long, six mm-hmm. to seven feet high, that has never really been trimmed. Mm-hmm. And I want to know, can I trim this and how much back on the sides? I'm trying to square it off as if it's uh, a flat wall or whatever. It's yeah, a private make a wall. Uh, you know what? How long has it been there? How long ago was it planted? Uh, say eight to ten years. Okay. So when you get home, that should be the first. When are you, are you you're home in the next few weeks? Uh, I'll be back April second. Okay. So when you get home, that should be very high on your list of things to do. Probably in May, depending on the spring, but likely sort of mid to late May. You're going to want to shear that hedge. Remember, if you if you shear the sides, you will encourage growth on the top. You shear the top, you will encourage growth on the sides. If you don't touch it, it's just going to get huge, and it'll be too late to control. How, when you say uh, shear the sides, uh, in inches? or Well, okay, so you said it's six to seven feet high, and you're not going to get around the fact that this is going to be a, like what – optimally it should be about three feet wide and not allowed to get a lot wider however sorry it's no wider than that now because there's a a wire fence on the back side of it right and it and it's woody in the middle Mm, and that's right and that with age happens to all cedars and that's why it's important that we don't leave them for 20 years before we start shearing them otherwise there's so much woodiness and it's just nothing will grow in there like you can't shear it right back and expect green to start sprouting you'll always have that green on the outside so your job is to max the most you take off is a third of the plant but you do it with the vision of what's your optimal size for this hedge and you can if you're optimal size is seven feet tall, 80 feet long, and three feet wide, then you say, okay, it's going to grow about three inches this year in all directions. So you cut it back to, you know, less three inches in height and width in the spring. And there you're at optimal by the end of the summer. Next spring, same thing again. Trim it back three inches into that optimal size. So you're saying I could take off the greenery on the sides. That would be about the three inches. Uh, yeah, but you know what? That's where all your new growth... See, you're not going to do your trimming until the new growth has started. And that's when that, all the bright green is, you know, the flush of new growth. And that's the optimal time to trim a, a cedar is when it is just flushing new growth because you can go in there and, and be, you know, not super hard on it and go right back to the main stem, but you can do quite a hard shearing and new growth fills in very quickly. There you go. Wow. All right. Makes sense? Makes sense to me. Excellent. Okay. Well, enjoy that wonderful weather, yeah. you rascal. Have a swim for us. <laughs> okay. Well, the water's too cold in the ocean right now. Oh, okay. Too bad. Oh, golly. We feel, mm. we feel really, so yeah. sorry for <laughs> My you. heart goes mm. out. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy your beautiful view. And it's we're having a beautiful day here as well. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Ron. Thanks, Ron. Take All right. Zoomer Radio, AM 740, The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Phone lines are open, 416-360-0740. And anywhere in the province, toll-free, of course, 1-866-740-4740. 
And on we go to uh, Sophie in Etobicoke. Good morning. Oh, pardon me. I'm sorry. It's Gabriel in Toronto who's next. Gabriel, hello. Hi. I'm sorry. I also have a cedar problem. Oh, yeah. What's going on? Well, the thing is I had an addition put at the front of my house, mm-hmm. and I had the guy said, no, no, we're going to dig him out uh-huh. and bring them to my back. Uh-huh. But in the back, I've always had wonderful... I've you know, learned from my mother because she used to put a lot of stuff in the garden and get, ter- uh, you know, triples, mm-hmm. whatever. And they're growing so big mm-hmm. that one of them is not very nice. So what I did with a, a saw mm-hmm. and the diameters, you know, the offshoots, mm-hmm. they're so big in diameter. But the thing is, one of them looks pretty good and the other one looks kind of Spindly. Uh-huh. But I can't get way on top. And then my neighbor complained about the one at the front of the yard. So I had people cut it, you know, like I paid a lot of money to cut it. Mm-hmm. And of course, it still keeps growing at the top. <laughs> yeah. That's well, because I've done a lot with my soil. But the ones uh, in the back, I'm really concerned about because uh, I could only go so high, you know, like I wanted to be careful. And these were like... Well, okay, so here's my thinking, Gab- Gabrielle. Okay. <clears throat> you live in Toronto, so you're, yeah, or, you're I'm fairly... Ur- I'm going to the garden show today, too. Oh, are you? So you're in the city, though, so you're in an urban garden. Well, it's the, the property's only 25 feet. Exactly. Cedars ultimately are too big of plants for your size lot. They're ultimately going to just get too big and too out of proportion with the rest of the garden and the home. What I'd be inclined to do, rather than paying a lot of money to try and trim them, because if you're going to have cedars in a city lot, it's going to be... uh, maybe twice a year pruning right from the get-go. From the minute they're planted, it's staying on top of pruning to control size. L- as you point out, your soil was has been improved. The gro- plants are happy. They're growing. They are out of they're too big by the sounds of what you're saying. I'd be inclined to just remove them entirely. If you want to replace them with and keep the evergreen idea in the garden, maybe look for something that stays a little smaller, such as boxwood or yews or, some, or even some of the, the more dwarf cedar varieties that are out there that will just grow more slowly and still give you the nice evergreen forms and sculptural important skeleton that we put into a framework we put into our gardens. But those cedars sound too big and like they're too much of a pain in the rear end. Well, I enjoy the shade because I have very pale skin and mm-hmm. my neighbor gets the advantage because they, they've got a bit of shade in their backyard too, mm-hmm. which is great for them. Yeah, so, well, bottom line is you can trim, but you can only trim maximum one-third at any one time, so either that or remove and start again. Okay? Thanks, Gabrielle. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, I'm looking out the window here from the Zoomerplex out onto Liberty Street in, uh, in uh, well, Liberty Village. Uh, village. Yes. <laughs> We're That's in right. the village. Where am I? Yeah. <laughs> and blue sky, don't see a cloud. I know, it's gorgeous, Absolutely eh? lovely. Beautiful. Lovely so shade. nice. So kinda, nice, I'm sure. Kind of looks like hmm? the, the ocean if you're in Portugal and you look out at the oh, ocean and you've got that beautiful gray-blue yeah. well, let me, Mediterranean. Let me pour you a little glass of wine. Yeah, huh? I think it's... Oh, All right, man. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> How is the sky there in Etobicoke, Sophie? Is it a nice day where you are? Good morning. Good morning, Charlie Frank. Hi there. 
Hello. Um, have a question regarding your Rose of Sharon. Mm-hmm. Um, the other day I noticed that uh, the leaves have millions of these little white insects that fly. Um, uh, and I heard you, I heard a caller a few weeks ago about the same problem, but I did not pay attention to it too much. Okay, so just to be clear, is your radio on right now? No. Oh, it's weird. I'm getting a funny feedback in my... Oh, Maybe my husband has it in the bedroom, oh, but my... I doubt it. Okay. Uh, bottom line is the plant you're talking about is not a Rose of Sharon. It is a hibiscus, though. Hibiscus, right. So um, just to be clear, hib- hibiscus is the genus of the tropical plant that you have inside your house. Right, right, and right. Rose of Sharon, which is an yeah, outdoor shrub, right. is hibiscus. also hibiscus. But nevertheless, you have a tropical plant. You've got little white flying insects. They right. are called white fly. Right. One of the best ways to try and control them is you recognize that the white fly is typically found on the newest growth. And if you look on the backside of the leaves, you will see lots of little eggs that have been laid. They're very almost translucent, tiny, tiny little eggs on the backs of the, the leaves. So one of the things I would do if I were you... I would pull the plant, well, isolate it, obviously, from other plants to start. Get out your pruners. This is a very good time to prune hibiscus, so you're going to do some quite a severe cutting back on the plant, removing up to one-third, even perhaps a tiny bit more of the plant. You're going to have a green garbage bag right nearby, and every time you cut off a chunk of that plant, you're going to drop that chunk into the green garbage bag and close it back up. So you're going to try and remove a bunch of insects by by removing part of the plant and carefully sealing it all into a green garbage bag. That goes out of the house. What's left of your hibiscus goes into the bathtub. You'll then spray with, there's some different choices here. You could use a, um, like a safer soap. You could use a pyrethrin-based spray. Or one of my favorites for things like whitefly is something called End All. End All, yes. And any of those three sprays will work, but you must follow the instructions and you must spray more than once. So if you did all your pruning and spraying today, you will repeat, you won't need to prune, but you will repeat the spraying in seven to ten days. And I recommend you do the spraying in the shower just because of the overspray that will end up on your furniture and curtains and carpets. Oh, of course. It's already in the bathtub. Okay, good. Uh, Good Um, stuff. Another question. Oh, no, I'm um, sorry. Sorry, same uh, question, same question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Patrolman. Removing the soil or not? No, no, don't worry about the soil. It's got nothing to do with the soil. It's all on the plant. Oh, okay, so I covered oh. it with plastic. Oh, no, yeah, don't do that. No, no. Don't, take okay. away the plastic. I'll do that. So if I Okay, a, uh, Gabrielle, I'm sorry, you're really only allowed one question, no, no, okay? <laughs> it's the same Is it? Yeah. Well, just so you know, we never cover the soil with plastic because roots need air. All right. All right. Yes, yes, all right. I'll remove it today. Okay. okay Good so luck I'm with going, that. Let us know how it works out. I will. Thanks so much. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Patrolman Proctor. I, I know. I was you, on my motorcycle. You were getting there. frustrated oh, there. Woo! <laughs> Look out. It's good thing he doesn't have a taser in his hand. Yeah, I'd be jumping you. like right Gee. through the windows here. Well, let's see what's going on in Southampton. Wait, before huh? we go to oh, Southampton. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Man, you were such a producer. <laughs> Sebastian, <laughs> who's too shy to be on the air, yeah, yes. has shared with us a question that was given to him <clears throat> by a colleague. 
Am I right? All right. So the question is from Kim. And Kim writes that she lives in Toronto. She would love some suggestions for native or local ground cover to replace a small 10 by 10 lawn. This is a good question that I think a lot of people have because lawns do not grow very well Mm -hmm. in the city, particularly if it's shady or there's big old trees. And who wants a lawnmower for a 10 by 10 lawn anyway, right? Yeah, right. Right? Too much. So she was looking for one that would fill in quickly and plants that will fill in quickly and be attractive in fall and spring, and she recognizes that her traditional neighbors are going to want something that's attractive and not wild and crazy. Well, the important information Kim didn't give me was exposure to sun. Uh, Ground covers and native ground covers very different plants depending on whether it's a full sun situation. Uh, you know, you think of the prairies, and mm-hmm. now we don't need to go into grasses and flowers, but certainly creeping thyme, creeping sedum, many of those uh, small, lovely um, native strawberries creep along the ground, mm-hmm. and you get little tiny sweet strawberries as well. Yeah. So full sun, you can do that. those kinds of plants. But if we're in the, the canopy of trees and it's quite shady and it's a whole different world than, than super sunny, then you're looking at some other choices like perhaps wild ginger, which is an, a, an understory forest based tree, uh, plant, um, bunchberry, which is a, a very low-growing cornice. Um, there's, you know, sort of some neat ones, oxalis, wood sorrel. These are all forest ground covers. Mm-hmm. So your soil would need to be obviously amended to make it very leaf, leaf mulchy, spongy, full of lots of great organic material if you were going to try and grow any of these ground covers. And they would fill in very quickly as long as they were, you know, maintained with good organic material and water as required. There you go. All and right. Kim... I uh, hope that helps, Kim. Maybe, maybe to keep in mind, you know, be uh, awfully difficult to write all of that down as you're listening right now. But Listen to hey, the podcast. The podcast, yeah. Woo! Just go to uh, AM740's uh, web page and uh, you'll see podcast the garden show the garden show oh right podcast the garden show and then today's date they're all there yep or you can even be cooler and come in through the itunes route because we are on itunes and it doesn't cost a penny there you are okay and we do have to take a bit of a break here now but we will be back to uh, go to southampton and say hi to peter after these words Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Peter in Southampton. Finally, we got to you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a flower bed on the southwest side of my house. It's about 30 feet long, 2 feet deep. And I um, got tired of putting flowers and everything in it. So Mm -hmm. what I did was I filled it with uh, creeping thyme. Mm -hmm. It's a reddish-pink plant. Mm -hmm. The first year, it um, bloomed great. Second year, not bad. And then every year since, it has been uh, decreasing in the blooms. But the but still lots of good green growth. Yes, very healthy. Hmm. And, and you, I fertilize it. Okay, what are you fertilizing with? Uh, Miracle Grow or um, um, some uh, middle number concentrate. <laughs> okay, and do you uh, amend the soil at all? Add uh, any sort of organic material at any time? Uh, no, Not because so it's. It's hard. It's pretty dense. Yeah, it's hard to add. And le- like leaves obviously fall in the in the fall, but you remove those either in the spring or the fall. Yes. 
Okay. You know what I'd be inclined to do is don't fertilize it. Um, thyme is a plant. Many of the herbs grow best in in soil that is not highly fertile. You, what you what meaning that we get a lot of leaves when we when we have highly fertile soils and and the herbs are growing in them. You and you're really going for the flowers. And of course, the flowers are only out there for about two weeks anyway. But it's beautiful when thyme all blooms. It's just this sort of glow of pinky purple right across the ground, and. Um, and, you know, when, when we're using our herbs for edible and culinary purposes, we avoid fertilizers because the flavors are much better when the plants grow more slowly and they aren't boosted, the growth isn't boosted with the use of fertilizers. There's a much more intense flavor to them. So that would be my, my suggestion is be careful in the watering because, remember, thyme is very drought tolerant. So do not water. Let it, let it go. Like if we get into really serious drought, you'll water it, but otherwise don't water it. And I'd wow. be, like I said, I'd be inclined to, if you, you want to, Fertilize it once in the spring, fine, but don't fertilize anymore for the rest well, of the season. Well, uh, it, it's growing on uh, a sandy soil. Okay, good. That it loves that good drainage. Yep. And um, <clears throat> but I just um, <clears throat> pardon the pun. I just did, since it wasn't flowering, I thought maybe it was time to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, I just think you're probably loving it too much. Many, many plants, believe it or not, will flower when they are under duress. And you're okay. caring for it so love, in such a loving fashion, it's got no need to flower because you, it's just a happy plant. It's just going to keep on growing green. Okay. So let it suffer a bit. Okay. okay. Well, thank you. Thank Thanks you, Peter. for your call. I think we have time to get to Vicki, who is calling in from probably just around the corner here in Toronto. Hi, uh, Vicki. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I have a question for Charlie. Um, I was at the... Uh, flower show, um, Canada Blooms, and I saw this beautiful, I thought it was a rose, Mm -hmm. and uh, when I uh, inquired about it, uh, the lady said to me, she gave me a name that starts with an R, and it's grown from a bulb, and it's just gorgeous, very, very thick roses, something like ranunculus or... Oh, right, 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 ranunculus. Ranunculus, that's it, yes. I've never seen it before. Oh, and uh, I just wondered if they're available here. I just, uh, hmm. I'm questioning if I can get uh, the bulb and grow it. Is it an indoor? Uh, what you'd be more likely to do would be to find it now blooming in pots. Oh, it's, so it's in the pot, so it would yeah. be an indoor. Yes, yeah, it's a tropical plant. It will not survive outside in the winter. Okay. So if you were growing it from a bulb, it would be you would treat it like you treat dahlias and canna lilies, that sort of thing. Enjoy it outdoors, bring it in for the winter as oh. a dormant bulb. But okay. what I would do, yeah, just take a look. You're in Toronto, so wherever there's a garden center or a high quality... Yes, I'm uh, near Plant World. Oh, there you go. They'll have it for sure. Go to they Plant World. Sure. Okay. They'll have, and if they don't, ask them to get it for you. They can get it quite easily because okay. the at Canada Blooms I know Vandermeers uh, certainly had a lot of ranunculus in one of the oh, gardens yeah, they were just gorgeous but they're out Ajax way so depending so from, but from Plant World I'm sure you can get it and they are they're very pretty and they're yellows yes. and oranges and they're super would they, cheerful would, they, would it be okay to leave it in the pot outside and then bring it in oh like, for sure would it grow okay in yep. a pot outside yes it would it just can't handle the frost Okay, so as soon as it gets cool, you bring it in. Yep. And so does it, will it bloom inside? 
If you give it the right amount of sunshine and humidity and flower or moisture and fertilizer on on cue, it will. Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, but if it doesn't, then uh, it, it goes dormant, and then I can bring it out in the. That's spring. right. Exactly. <clears throat> okay, that's super. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you, Vicky. And uh, golly, we just a moment ran to, out of race. Yeah, uh, to mention Earth Hour tonight. Tonight, eight thirty. Right. Sh- sh- unplug everything. Yeah. Yeah. Turn off your lights. Light some candles, snuggle down with your honey, and and spend an hour thinking about the earth and, and, you know, our our carbon footprint and our use of electricity. Well, my girl Cheryl celebrated a birthday yesterday, so we're having a sweet bit of a party tonight. Happy birthday, Cheryl. Sister Betty, daughter Andrea, and husband Martin, and I. So you'll all cuddle together. I'm bringing lobster. Oh, man, I'm coming. How come you didn't invite me? Well, (laughs) I would if I thought you'd come, for God's sake. (laughs) No, it's great. Enjoy, enjoy. And uh, thank you, Frank. Yep. Thank Thank you, you. Sebastian, particularly bringing in those extra questions. Always good. And we'll see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.